Hey everyone, uh, it's Matt and look, you guys know me. When I teach, I like for it to be a conversation. I like to, to be able to hear from you. And so uh, since we can't all be in the same room together and that's so such a bummer, so disappointing for me, I was wondering if we could try something a little bit different. So I'm gonna ask you some questions and maybe if you agree, you could click the like button or the heart button or hop in the chat room and say, yeah, I get it or amen or whatever. So are you game for that? All right, so here's my first question to all the guys out there. Am I the only one who feels like you're sporting the coronavirus haircut right now, where it's too long on the sides and too long on the top? Apparently my barber isn't an essential service, but Mauricio, I miss you, man. You're an essential service in my book. Or how about this one to all the, the parents out there? Who thinks that teachers deserve a serious raise? Can I get an amen? Uh, how about how about this one? To all the working professionals who are at home while your kids are playing Fortnite, FaceTiming friends, streaming YouTube, all at the same time, which is crushing your Wi-Fi while you're trying to be on an important Zoom call with your boss. Anybody else experience that one? Yeah, I get that one too. I get that one too. Or, or this one, guys, am I the only one not wearing sweatpants today? <laughs> it's amazing how such a relatively short amount of time has brought us so many new challenges and struggles. Or maybe they're not new challenges and struggles. Maybe they've just amplified the challenges and struggles that, that we already have. And I'm not just talking about homeschooling and, and haircuts here. I mean, am I the only one struggling to experience real joy? Not just happiness, but like that deep peace, that deep joy. The other day, uh, I was uh, on my phone shopping online, and it wasn't because I needed something. I was just looking for that I just bought something hit, that little retail distraction. And as I've been talking with my friends, it seems like many of us, we're all looking for different ways to distract ourselves. So we do too much of something. We buy too much, or we bake too much, or we eat too much, or we watch too much. Anybody else experience that one? Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. What's frustrating to me is that I follow Jesus, and I don't know how much I look like Jesus these days. There's this concept uh, in the scriptures called the fruit of the Spirit. Paul teaches about this in the book of, of, of Galatians. And the idea is this. It's when we choose to follow Jesus, Jesus puts his Holy Spirit in us. And as the Holy Spirit takes root, uh, the traits and characteristics of God begin to, be, to, to flow out of our lives. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, Paul talks about it and says it this way. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I read this list and I think, yes, I want that in me. I want my mind, I want my actions full of love and joy. I want that deep sense of peace. I want to have patience and kindness for my family and the people that I love. I want self-control. I don't want to be out of control. I want that. Who's with me here? Yeah, we're in this series right now. And the series is called Standing Strong in a Shaken World. And I think this series is very timely because the reality is our world is shaken right now. 
The world feels like it's upside down. And just because the world is shaken, do we have to be shaken too? Just because the world is upside down, are we going to be upside down too? So how do we live in a world that's shaken? I don't want to just survive in the world that's shaken. I want to thrive. What needs to be true on the inside of me? So I can stand up to the pressures of the world on the outside of me. Our friends, Albert Tate and Megan Marshman, they're going to be back with us for the next few weeks to to teach on this. But today, I want to zoom in on this topic. It's the starting point of the battle of standing strong in a shaken world. And do you know where the battle starts? It starts right here. The battle to stand strong in a shaken world starts in our mind. The battle is in the mind. Here's what I mean. For the last month, I feel like my mind has been full of fear and worry, like a battleground against fear and worry. I'm I'm dwelling on what I think might happen. I can't stop worrying about what could be tomorrow. And, And you know what doesn't help me? The infinite scroll. You know, the infinite scroll, whenever you hop onto social media or you go to your news app and you just keep scrolling to get to the end of the news and the news never ends, right? It just keeps on going and keeps on going. And every time I keep scrolling, it's feeding the fears. It's feeding the worries. And I start to think like, when is it all going to come back to normal? What's going to happen to the economy? Uh, Don't even check your 401k or your investment account. I think about small business owners and organizational leaders who are having to make impossible decisions. I think about jobs. I even think about silly things. I mean, are my Baylor Bears going to be able to play football this fall? Is this normal now? I have trouble not dwelling on those fears and worries. And you could call it anxiety. Now look, I'm, I, I'm not a professional therapist, so I, I did some reading, I did some research, and I'm not talking about clinical anxiety. Uh, if, if you struggle with clinical anxiety, I highly encourage you, go find a good Christian counselor. Uh, we would love to help you. You can call the church and we'll help you find one. But what I am talking about this is this. Anxiety is our normal, natural response to stress. It's that feeling of apprehension about what is com- coming, It's normal to be nervous about the job interview. It's normal when we don't know what's going to happen next. However, when we dwell on the fear, when we let the worry take root in our heart, all of a sudden the thoughts about what might happen tomorrow cripple what is happening today. Dwelling on worry can hurt us. We've all read about the the long-term damaging effects of dwelling on worry and fear about how it affects our sleep, how it affects our relationships, how it affects our brain. But for me, I think maybe the worst part of worry is that it's a lie. Worry is a lie. Worry promises to help us with tomorrow, but in the end, it only leaves us with an empty today. There's this Holocaust survivor named Corey Ten Boom. She has an incredible story, and she said this about worry. Listen to this. She says, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry promises to help you, but in the end, it only hurts you. 
Now, I'm just a pastor, I'm not a scientist, but I did some reading this week to learn about the brain science behind this. And I learned a few things. It was really cool, actually. I learned that in your brain, when you're afraid, this part of your brain called the amygdala gets kind of tripped into action. And the amygdala is responsible for the fight, flight, or freeze reflexes in our life. So when you're walking, uh, hiking in the woods and you hear a noise in the woods, uh, the amygdala kicks into action and can be really, really helpful because you react quickly. Scientists call it the amygdala hijack. Here's the problem, though. The problem is when we dwell on fear and worry about the future, our brain gets stuck and the flight, f- the fight, flight, or freeze place. So like, you ever find yourself snapping at those you love for no apparent reason? You could be stuck in that amygdala hijack. Or if you ever find yourself withdrawing or escaping, you could be stuck in that worry amygdala hijack. Or if you're paralyzed with fear and apathy, you could be stuck in that amygdala hijack from worry. And when our brain gets stuck there, The scientists say that your normal intelligence like goes out the window. Your memory is terrible. You forget what's really true and it turns into this cycle that goes on and on and on. Look, the virus is contagious and it's very dangerous. And our worry and fear of the virus and all that it could cause is also contagious and very dangerous. What I'm saying is this, when we dwell on the fear of the future, when we worry about what might happen, it's damaging to our heart, our soul, our body, and we need God to rescue us from the cycle because it's crippling us. It's not emptying tomorrow of its sorrow. It's only emptying today of its strength, and that's not where God wants you to live. But here's the good news. The good news is that God gives us a better way a way of how to handle that cycle of worry. So how do we do it? Today, I've got one verse for you and one practice for you. And we're just going to dive right in for this verse right here. This verse is a critical weapon in this battle of the mind so that we can stand strong in a shaken word, world. And, and here's the verse. The verse comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It's the Apostle Paul t- talking to the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. He says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. In other words, all those thoughts, all those lines of logic that you have in your your head that are contrary to the truth of God, our job as followers of Jesus is to tear those thoughts down, to, to, to tear them down. And how do we do it? This is the part I hope you remember. We do it when we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's the one verse. I'm going to read it again, and I invite you to read it with me. Here we go. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take the thoughts captive. Remember, the battle to stand strong in a shaken world, it starts in our mind. The word captive right there, it's a very, very interesting word. It's actually a battle word. It's like a a, a military word. The Greek literally kind of draws the picture of like a dangerous enemy. And if you were to capture that dangerous enemy and bind his hands and his feet, that's what the word captive means right there. Here's the idea. Those thoughts, 
that worry, that fear that you have in your mind, it's literally waging war against the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those fruits of the Spirit that God wants in your life. So you have to take them seriously. You don't feed those thoughts. You don't feed the fear. You don't just watch the fear. You don't play with it. You don't hide with it. You capture it. You bind it up, you take away its legs, you take away its arms, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul is saying those thoughts that run through your mind that are contrary to God's truth, they've been running through your mind for too long. They've had too much power in your mind. Name it. Take it captive. Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We can't just take it captive. We've got to go to the second part. Here's the hard thing. Have you ever tried to not think about something? It's very, very difficult to not think a thought. I'd put it this way. We can't chase away the thoughts that are contrary to God's truth. Instead, we must replace the thoughts with God's truth. We have to make those thoughts obedient to Christ. Say, God, I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. I want your truth to be running through my mind. I want your power to be running through my mind. I'll I'll summarize it this way. For us to stand strong in a shaken world, we need to take captive every thought that's contrary to the truth and replace it with the truth. And so this week, when the fear comes or the worry comes, take captive every thought and replace it with the truth. So how do we do it? Well, Here's the practice that helps me. Wherever you are, just grab a piece of paper. Grab a piece of paper, and I I write two vertical lines, kind of making three columns on the piece of paper. And you're going to start in the middle column. Starting in the center, I just list out all the thoughts that need to be taken captive. All the fears, all the worries, all the doubts. All those things that you have trouble, like like taking captive, the things that are running through your mind. Guys, these are the things that you need to bring to God. And as you write them down, as you bring them to God, I hope that you remember this, that, that God hears you. He doesn't see the things on that list and shake his finger at you. He loves you. He has patience with you. He doesn't judge you. He sees you. He has grace and he wants to help you. Write those thoughts down that need to be taken captive. And I can tell you what I've experienced. When I do this, there's just something about writing the thoughts down. Something about putting them on paper helps, I don't know, they just lose some of their power when I put them down on paper. So you start in the middle column, the thoughts that need to be taken captive. And then, then you're going to move to the left column. The left column is all about how I cope with those thoughts. It's, it's when those thoughts are running through my mind, when, when the fear, when the things that make me nervous, when the worry is just running through my mind and I'm left to kind of my own devices, what do I do to cope with those thoughts? Now you might find some healthy things there. Uh, I exercise, uh, I cook, I clean. You also might find some unhealthy things there. I do this too much or I do that too much. But this is all about how do I cope when, when these thoughts are kind of taking me captive? What are my coping mechanisms to deal with this? So I start in the middle. What needs to be taken captive? I go to the left column. How do I cope? And then I go to the right column. 
Remember, you can't just stop thinking about something. You can't chase away the thoughts that are contrary to God's truth. Instead, you have to replace the thoughts with God's truth. So the right column, it's all about God's truth. And spend the most time on the right column because, guys, this is where the power is. This is where the promises and the strength of God is. Here's the truth. When I do this, here's the truth that I discover. The truth is that our security was never in a job. The truth, your identity is not in a bank account. It's not in a 401k. The truth is that your hope is not in your health or in a political party, or in any organization, or any individual. The truth, the truth is this. The truth is that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. You don't have to fear the dark. You don't have to fear the unknown. He sees it all. We can trust him to care for us. The truth, Philippians 4, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. The truth is that God knows what you need. He knows what you need. He has come through before. He will come through again. You can cling to it. The truth is that Jesus promises that when we seek him first, he cares for us. Matthew 6, he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The truth, Ephesians 3, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And this truth, this one might be the most important. The truth is that you are his child. The truth is that he loves you. First John chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what you are. The truth is that when we follow Jesus, that he says, you are my children, and he adopts us. He makes us his kids. Jesus said in John 10 that he came to bring us life, life to the fullest. The truth is that he loves you like a child. The truth is that he is the provider. He is the healer. He has you. He is with you. You are not alone. Friends, when we have fear, when we have worry, when those thoughts just run through our minds, we take captive every thought and we make them obedient to Christ. So here's what I hope that you remember as I close. Here's what I hope you remember. This week... If you're struggling with fear and worry, if you're struggling with doubt, you're not alone. You're not alone here at all. I'm right there with you, and Jesus wants to stand with you in this shaken world. Remember that the battleground starts in our mind. And remember that we can take captive every thought and we can make it obedient to Christ. And don't forget... This all works because Jesus came, because he lived the perfect life for you and for me, because he loves us. And because of his death on the cross, he bought victory. He bought life over every worry, every fear, every anxiety, both for today and for all of eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. 
Lord, we just confess that we are a people that oftentimes dwell on the worries and fears about the future, and we just don't want that to be the case. So, Father, would you help us to take captive every thought and to make them obedient to you? Would you walk with us this week? We want your power. We want your truth to be the things that we think about this week. God, we want to love you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and our mind. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.